Man, welcome back to another edition of Talk So Real with Matt Sonzala. Now, this is a very special one to me. It's about a year in the making, maybe longer. We talked about it last year, South by Southwest. It didn't happen. Mostly my fault, man. You know, I'll be getting thrown out there a little bit. My, my fault, too, son. It's all good. <laughs> I got my brother, OG Ron C., in the house, finally. What's happening, man? Man, I'm great, man. Man, how are you? Great. It was great to see you out there at South by Southwest rolling deep with Top Stars. Everybody's here. DJ Holly Grove right here. DJ with Holly Grove's yeah, right here. Yeah, it's crazy to see the uh, evolution of all this and all the, how you guys are still, you know, kept so even more relevant. I think these days in the internet age, because before we had all these connections, you to me, Switcher House, of course, but you had like a special connection to the world, and I think for all your mixes, but I know for sure that. Like, regular people asked me about Fuck Action. <laughs> like, that series. That series, I think, was a big help for spreading that sound. <laughs> yeah, that was a big help. Probably a big help on populating the world. <laughs> I mean, definitely, definitely. But I have something I want to talk to you about first. Go because ahead. I learned something on the Donnie Houston podcast that tripped me out. Okay. When you talked about you used to drive around the van for the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody don't even remember that. Man, I'm pretty sure I was, I was, I drove around the van for the box from like day two uh-huh. when they first started. Me and DJ Chill. Yeah, that's DJ how we first Chill. met. Uh, was Scorpio there when you were there? Yep. Was Michelle oh. the promotions? Yep. And yep. Greg Head? Yep. yep. Must have been like, because I was, to be honest with you, I did it in whatever year they started, and I was working in. And this is the worst job, worst idea anyone ever had, but I worked for an accountant. And I'm yeah, the last was, person that should be doing accounting, but I was in that building at 6420. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was 92. And I looked up in the atrium, and I was like, 979, the box is in this building? <laughs> yeah. And I just went upstairs and was like, hey, if there's anything I can do, or, you know, intern or do whatever. And they're like, oh, we're putting together the box posse. Box posse. And, man, we went. We drove everywhere from Conroe to Galveston to Katy to – Baytown and that thing like every day giving out generic sodas and t-shirts. Yeah, that tapes. was um that was the year they actually started. Then mm-hmm. I came the next year after that in '93. To be honest, I spent a lot of time up there with them, and it was we had fun. But I went and traveled to Europe in the middle of that, and when I came back, I was like, I ain't going back to no commercial radio shit. <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah, I remember Chill, um, yeah, because that was like me and me and Chill used to. Because Chill had, I think Chill stopped because he was um, he took over Boomerang. Yeah, he was doing Boomerang tough. Yeah, he took over Boomerang tough. That's mm-hmm. what happened. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, because that's how I got the. Um, yeah, that that's basically what happened because y'all was there before me. I remember. I mean, that was fun, and it was a very much so learning experience for me too. Because when you see the way a lot of these stations act. We were there. We saw why the box took over because they really did go out into the community and they really actually were playing. Yeah, Houston. Yeah, they, they. It, it was kind of funny. Like it's kind of like since I was the start of I was there at the beginning of both of the hip hop stations. Right, really, um, all of them as they transitioned mm-hmm. because you remember Magic One Hundred Two wasn't. 102 wasn't even playing. Uh, it was more rap, R&B. Yeah. And then and they, they brought was, out 1590 raps. Right. 1590 raps. Remember, 
Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that because 1590 Raps, people don't even realize Houston had the first rap radio station in the world. I like, don't know if it was before K-Day. It was. Yeah? Yes. It was the only station that played all rap. Right, right. Remember, K-Day still played R&B. Okay. 1590 Raps played all rap, mm-hmm. no R&B. That's true. It was all rap. On so, the AM dot. On the AM dot. So people don't even realize. Y'all better give us our props, man. You know what I'm saying? H-Town. No, H-Town. <laughs> H-Town started a lot. Yeah, they don't even know, like, the pivot, like, that we play in the rap game, period. Even just from going to the buy-in power. Like, even we was the number one buy-in uh, market of, of hip-hop. Forever. For, forever, for 30 years. Houston, so. I think Dallas, too. I mean, Texas as a whole has always been its own island, its own thing. Yep. That's why it was a point that you had to come through. You mm-hmm. had to come through Houston had to come through Texas because it was just it was so much going on and it was so much money mm-hmm. just right there. And it was so different back then because we did not have I always say I think Warehouse Live changed the game at, when they came in for like making a live music venue that was accepting of rap. Of hip hop, yeah. Where was, we were going into the clubs and there's a difference between the clubs and the, the live music venue with the soundboard that. and someone actually running a soundboard. True that. They <laughs> Microphones the, at work. Yeah, they was the one that they they was one the first ones that embraced it on from yep. a big venue level. Exactly. You're exactly right about that. And the uh but I saw I was not there when De La Soul played the Rhinestone Wrangler. That was before my time. But I've heard stories of that. And then I, I mean Tribe Called Quest at the Palladium. Uh I, I remember all that, but I was just, you know, I was really young. I wasn't really into going to concerts then. Right. I was, you know, trying to find myself at that time and just, you know. Mm-hmm. When I first came to Houston, I didn't really know anybody. My father had lived there. I'd visited every year and I was always there. It was coming up, you know, when I graduated high school in 89, I moved and I would be driving around listening to, I guess it would have been Magic 102, KTSU, and I would hear the That's commercials. That's all we had, the KTSU on Saturdays, man. We was waiting for that kids jam. Yeah, oh, kids jam was the greatest. Yeah, that was it. And they also did not, Nobody recorded that reunion, by the way. That's a, a big problem I have right now. I'm so really? mad. I listened to that whole six hours or whatever, and nobody, nobody I should have recorded, recorded it. it. Yeah. Wow. They should have recorded that. that was, yeah, that was incredible. But I came down, I would listen to, hear these commercials, and it'd be like, you know, Too Short and Ghetto Boys, The Palladium, whatever. And I'd be like, oh, I can't go to, I don't know anybody. I'm not going to some Northside club. And then one <laughs> night, I just kept hearing, you know, Ghetto Boys, Ghetto Boys. And I'm like, I'm going, I got to see the Ghetto Boys. Yeah, and I just was, went by myself to the Palladium. And uh, Ready Red was still there. And I saw them for the first time. And, of course, I got there at, like, 10, thinking, because the box or the radio would just be like, it's going down right now. <laughs> you know, and then they would go on at, like, 145. <laughs> and I was too young to drink. I was just standing there alone. The time. Yeah. But it was, it was fine. I never, you know, and I was like, you know, of course, I was a kid, intimidated, not knowing anybody, going up to the north side. All, the only thing I knew about it was what I heard on Ghetto Boys Records. <laughs> You know, I walked down the streets of Fifth Ward. Yeah, it was it was such a time, man. Such a great time. Yeah, the underground. Yeah, now nah, it was the Northwest. Yeah, man, it, it it was, and people don't even realize though what you know the position that you even played in that though. And I say it, you know, I know you know you probably like me, you don't like to really talk about things that we've done for the game, but you know we appreciate you though, man. You know what I'm saying? Nobody ever told you, man. We appreciate you, you know, from you know damage control to you know. Having uh, like people don't even know like we here at South by Southwest right now like 
when I was first started coming to South by Southwest, wasn't no no wasn't no rap. Remember that? Yeah, I do. You remember that? And then you remember who you I mean you can correct me of this, but I tell this story. So you can correct me since I'm sitting there with you. <clears throat> but I tell a story that you are the first one that brought the rap show to South by Southwest. Not was the my first. knowledge, you know. Not the first. Um they actually had in the early nineties, I mean I can break it down. Kier Worthy started it. He was like our he was the guy running around in a Def Jam jacket back when I was like 18 years old. Like, who's that dude? <laughs> you know what I mean? He was like that guy. He rapped all the labels back then. And he helped with the beginnings of South by Southwest. So he had people like YZ and Ultramagnetic MCs. And like 1990 was the first rap show. But that was like one out of probably 50 shows back then. It wasn't as big as it is now. Right. They didn't have. <clears throat> and, and when I say that, like, we have more of a rap, of a hip hop, say, days now. Yeah, it wasn't like this. No, no, it's no, it was it not like this. But like, you know, but I can say, like in the mid nineties, uh, ninety, I helped them. A guy named Andre Walker in ninety four, ninety five, and ninety six booked those shows, and like we had ESG, we had Street Military, mm-hmm. alongside yeah. Clever Jeff and Mad Flavor, and other yeah. young groups. And like I always tell the story of in ninety five, we had Black Monks in ninety four. With the Gravediggers, first show ever, the RZA and all them, that was their Prince Paul. Uh, but 95, this group Heads and Dreads came from Dallas, mm-hmm. and they had a girl singing with them just on one hook, one song, and it was Erica Badu before anybody knew her. She was yeah. had a group called Erica Free. 96, there was some stuff, and that's when she came and really broke out from you know her showcase there, and when I guess those the executives saw her or whatever. And then there was a group called Hip Hop Mecca that would book all the stuff like like the Rhyme Sayers and the Def Jux and the Visionaries and those type of crews, you know, like more underground right. indie hip-hop stuff. And at one point, there was a show that I think it was, it might have been Randy from So, so South, but there's somebody affiliated with Southwest Wholesale World in like, say, 2000, 2001 or something like that that had Lil Flip and I think South Park Mexican Bushwick Bill Bushwick's been coming to was coming to South by back back yeah yeah invading yeah. the place yeah rest in peace to Bushwick Bill he's like the South by mascot for real yeah but um so things were happening but I think what happened for me and why people think that is it was the blog era mm-hmm. it was a place time when we were able to broadcast out to the whole world everything we were doing so that's where it made the difference like we were able to get the attention in 2004 when I started booking with you know booking stuff with South by again so 2004 that's when you started the Texas stage yes yeah see all right so 2004 was the official Texas stage or that because that I think that's when me and you started kind of working together right to form that you know I mean yeah, helping we, you I think it was you know it was doing it. yeah we met early on we met in the early 2000s yeah. when I came back yeah. and uh but no those are those were fun times, man. Those were th- yeah, those days were crazy. Now it's gotten kind of crazy, but so far this year, I think music when music starts, it's going to crank up. But last year, kind of felt old school South by a little bit. Like it wasn't as crazy over the top. Yeah, it wasn't because I guess kind of everybody was kind of like, it, yeah, it did. Yeah, as you as I think about it and just think about how, you know, the the the, the role here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it did. 
feel like kind of old school last year because I guess because everybody wasn't, you know, because back in the day, everybody wasn't for sure. If I should go to South by Southwest mm-hmm. or South by Southwest is the thing that I should be doing with money. Well, that and COVID, I mean, these the companies were probably like, you know, this still could be a liability, man. I'm not sending my whole team down there. I mean, that's what, that's what turned the lights out in 2020. I mean, yeah, everything got turned out. But I was like, I was doing Donnie Houston's podcast. Yeah. So I didn't look at my phone for the hour and a half or whatever that was. And when it ended, mm. they had canceled South by while I was sitting there on Donnie's couch. And wow. so I picked up my phone and all my texts, everything was just like, did you see this? And I was like, I mean, my heart, I had nothing to do with it either. I wasn't working there. And then my heart just sank like. I remember when it came through too. It was like, what? Yeah. And then everybody thought it was coming. They said, well, we're going to come like 21. If I could nope. jump in, you know, I was, you know, I do all of our uh, South by Southwest, everything, you know. Yeah. So I was being told by a very, very close source who I'm not going to reveal. We all know who it is. Uh, <laughs> no, they're not going to cancel because that's what they were telling him. Like yeah. Four, 15. I had texted him. He told me everything was okay. Yeah. And 30 minutes later, the shit hit the fan. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, man. It was so crazy. I could not. Uh, my wife is, you know, she's more in tune with certain. Th- she was saying, like, there's no way they're doing South by. This is all about to change. Things are about to get crazy. And I was like, what are you now? Oh, come on. <laughs> and then. Everybody was hitting me because they know I've been doing this South by Southwest though for 25 years. So everybody know if I know anything about Southwest, they South by Southwest, they gonna know it. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about it because just you know, of course, you go on social media and they're like, "Oh, COVID shutdown was three years ago today or whatever." And I was like, "Man, I remember March 8th was a Saturday before it was all supposed to happen, and Fat Tony had a show, and he needed." he had some merch like shipped in and he need, he just shipped it to my place or whatever. And uh, so I told him I'd bring it down to him and they had already canceled South by the day, I guess it was the day before it was the March 7th, I believe. Yeah. And uh, cause I had seen fat Tony and Blackie it in Houston the Thursday night. And then I did the podcast that Friday and Saturday I brought him his merch and all the people in the clubs were like, Oh man, we're still gonna do it, man. We're still gonna make it happen. Just don't worry about it, man. We're gonna make. We're still gonna have shows. We're still gonna make it. And That's what they like, kept telling us, man. It was all the way up to like, what? And then lockdown. Bam. Lock down. Bam. Mm. See everybody. It was crazy. Too. That was crazy. That was really a. I still am like kind of. They snuck them. everybody though. They snuck the staff. Everybody. Cause like I said, we had the inside, and the inside was riding it all the way to the last minute. Yeah. The inside was riding it all the way to the last minute. Even when we had already heard that it was canceled, the inside was still saying. Yeah. No, they're just saying. Yeah. No, they're just saying that for now. And uh, next week, we're going to make the announcement. Everything's going to be good. Yep. Man, in the whole world, we're sitting here and we got young Dems from Ghana and, and his crew here. And I think about what trips me out the most about that whole thing is that, like, Americans are always like, you see what they did to America and all this. I'm like, this is a whole world, man. To watch yeah. this whole world shut down. Yeah, yeah that I was know a, crazy a lot of people thing. Be coming from overseas too. Yeah. Like, I mean, imagine yeah. how much money was lost. Yeah, for real. And it was last minute, though. Yeah. That's so that's what I wonder this year now. I think things will be a lot more back. It's already you're seeing more activations and parties. They're, they're yeah. spending money again. They're <laughs> yeah. coming back. Yeah, it's, it's, it's back. It's, it's going to be back full fledged this year. Yeah, yeah. But last year they did. They they still had a 
think they say they had about. It was good. They say they had about two hundred fifty thousand last year. I mean, it was great. It just wasn't as over the top hectic. It wasn't right. a big Doritos like, machine in exactly. the middle of the. Like it usually be. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it wasn't. I mean, it got gross to a certain extent. I mean, when it became just you know, I always tell people who are coming here for the first time, don't stand in line for the Foo Fighters or whoever all night. You know what I'm saying? Or Drake or whoever it's going to be, like, appearance. Like, go see some new music. Go hear something. Like, oh, for real. I'm going to talk to this, this guy in uh, Young Dems in a minute. And I randomly, a friend of mine, this is how I like to do South By. A friend of mine was like, man, there's this party over at uh at the Belmont, man. You should come over. They got drinks. And uh, he's like, I don't know, some Afrobeats, dude. They wouldn't tell me who it is is performing. And I was like, what? Let's go, man. And then he left. <laughs> he wasn't even there, but we went. And uh, right before he came on, and I was just—I love those surprises at South by. Like, I don't need to see yeah. the big ass show. I want to be like surprised with something I haven't heard yet and hear some new music. You know, that's what we about ourselves. So, you know, that's 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 how we got to where we are. From, yep. You know, all the artists that we are ace coon booms with right now, such as the Drakes and the, the Don Tollivers and all them. Like, we we was pushing their music and playing their music before they they was who they are. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason why now they're, they're, we can call them on the phone right now. Mm-hmm. Like we've been, you know. You want to call Drake? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, 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 I ain't going to answer the phone. You ain't going to answer the phone. Ain't you? you? know it. If you ever hear it's this. Good. It's all good. <laughs> but um, just, you know, that's that's what we, you know, because that's, that's where I come from with the Swish House era. Like, it wasn't no doors really open for us, so we had to kick in the door. Like we used to say back in the day, kick in the door, wave in the fold, fold, man. You know what I'm saying? We had to just kick in the door and just let it be known that we here. Mm-hmm. And then we're going we gonna to do what we're going to do, regardless if you like it or not. And we're just going to keep on making the music, keep delivering the music and the content, right? So that's it just, and we just drilled that into people's heads. And it was nothing they could do. And that's just like, that's that's really the the, that's the one key about marketing promotion. It's just drilling it into your head. Now I'm gonna say something. Now drilling into your head, I'm gonna say something. This this very controversial, right? Here, mm-hmm. what I'm about to say. But I'm gonna let y'all think about it. Let it marinate. Everybody gonna be mad at me. I know I'm gonna get thirty thousand uh, DMs for this one right here. Ugh. But listen, it's about creating something in your head, making everybody in your head right. Listen. Biggie Smalls is not the best rapper in the world. He's not the greatest rapper in the world. He's not. We only rode with that because there was another great in his company, in his circle, that said he was the best. That's why we rode with it. The man never got a chance to prove that point. So we that's not a factual statement. We only rode with it because Puffy kept beating it into our heads. Kept beating it into our heads, and he beat it into our heads on a broad level, and not just beat it into our heads to his homies. He beat it into the world's head, and he made you say it. He made me say it. He made everybody say it that has <clears throat> that had some other power, right? And that's why the world we say that you know, that's why he's even in the top five. I'm sorry, there's no way you didn't get a chance to prove that. You didn't get a chance to prove the body of work. Mm-hmm. You only put out one album living. And that one album took a remix of all the songs for it to get moved. 
go look at the record. I ain't making this up. The numbers is there. Now, me being a DJ, because I knew how the music was, the music, we wasn't hearing that. It wasn't until they remixed the records and put Faith Evans on the records and things like that till we started gravitating to the records. So I understand. So you hear my point about beating something into somebody's head. Mm -hmm. You have to beat it. It's, that's the, the number one key in branding and promotion market, and that's how it is with us, with the Chop Star. It's like, I'm going to beat it. I beat it into your head. But also, I did the work, though, too, with it. Right, so if Puffy would have fell off and not been nobody, and he just been there, and he wasn't a strong force, we wouldn't have. It would have just been. It would just been said. Mm -hmm. But he beat it into his head, into our head, while he was at the top, though still delivering great music, right? Ruining and, everything, right? <laughs> and <laughs> and he bringing other people that's making good music too, and he making them say, "Hey man, when you get up there, you better tell them. Mm -hmm. Hey man, when your podcast get up there, you better tell them." So, I, for the record, have never in my life said that he, Biggie was the greatest rapper of all time. But, of course, I love him, and I, I, I wish he had yeah, more of a chance, no, you know, of course. Yeah, that ain't no, you know, people but, don't take it as, you know, hate and all that, but it's not no hate. It's just when you're presenting facts, people take facts and hate as, you know, yeah. uh, you know that's that's a hand-in-hand -hand thing. If I tell you the facts, yeah, I'm hating. Yeah, well, you thank know, God so. for the South, because the South really came and changed everything. Right I'm after saying. that era, which if you think about the, when Big came out, I was I lived in New York in 94. I lived on Clinton Avenue between DeKalb and Lafayette, which is about three or four blocks from where he lived. Mm -hmm. And, like, I saw firsthand, like, I would be more of an industry guy if I didn't, like, hate the industry and most of the industry <laughs> dicks that I met up there. <laughs> like, yeah, so I went up there with the intention of becoming Puffy or something. I thought, like, man, I'm going to be the – Get, take over this industry and I was like I hate these people but yeah. uh, at that time the Source magazine the little bits of media we did have there wasn't no satellite radio there wasn't we got we're lucky if we got a tape from Funkmaster Flex show or somebody would send something like that we had our own world down here up there the whole scene was dominated and all those dudes were friends and knew each other and that's yeah. all hand in hand and we did not have a part of that in 94 that is but true. then as I always say, like when people talk about hip hop dying and all this, for sure it has not died. It's not dead. But in that the late nineties when it was just a total bad boy takeover. I mean you can't say shit was annoying. You know, it, it, and that's opened up the door yeah. for the sounds of the South to come in and people could hear like just like earlier when Bone Thugs and Harmony came out or like Easy E, like Easy E was not he was great at what he did in, in ways, but he was not that great of a rapper. That's right. That's but exactly right. When he came, when but he 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 beat NWA to an extent back then. I mean, when it came to like people listening and people listening to like something so far off the wall, like Bone Thugs and Harmony and the rest of the Midwest stuff that happened, like those were crazy eras, man. It showed like the people have you know their own tastes. That's they that, do have their own thing, and when that, it and that is very true. People do got their own taste, and and speaking of just their own taste, it's like I have never heard any young people say. Hip hop is dead. No, I mean I'm not saying that. I'm I, I'm saying that, that lots of people. <laughs> this is a, it's always my colleagues, hey, and I'm fifty. I'm 90, forty nine. So ninety four, there were people saying in New York that this shit's fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Because so, they had eighty eight. 
Right. So <laughs> I exactly. Mean, it is so what it is. exactly. So when you know. they started doing the tussie roll, they said hip hop was dead. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it was like. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. When they started doing 95 South, let me ride the train and donkey and all that, they was like, oh, hip hop did. Mm-hmm. Then when they started doing the snap, oh, y'all dancing. Now y'all dancing and this is, you know what I'm saying? So now we're going to go. You know, it's, but see, that's why the young people didn't grow up in the era of the control factor that those people had that were saying those things in New York to Atlanta to LA. When it expanded out to here and to Memphis and people started seeing, you know, ESG sold so many records and nobody heard of them outside Texas and Louisiana. People oh, didn't yeah. even hear of them west of Austin. Yeah. You know, it was like Austin sure. to Baton Rouge, not probably barely New Orleans, Shreveport, Dallas. You know, from being from New Orleans, you're right, barely New Orleans. Yeah, it wasn't until I moved until I moved out here that I really found out he was from. Like we would hear a few things you would mm-hmm. hear. Uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm 38, so yeah. you know, 2000 ish when Houston started really, really taking off. You would hear Flip. You would hear, you know, ESG, but that was really it. You didn't really hear too many other people from Houston. You had to really scan those tapes at Peaches. Yeah, you, you really had to because, yeah. I, and I don't know why why it was like that, though. I guess because. New Orleans had its well, own thing. Yeah, it's because of well, well, definitely because of New Orleans. Yeah, yeah I mean. I, I tell people this all the time when they when they go to break a record. If you can break a record in New Orleans, you good anywhere. Yeah, because New Orleans is probably the hardest market because the women control music and they love bounce. If they can't, mm-hmm. <laughs> if they can't do that, they don't want to hear it. But New Orleans, like Houston, is a type of place that the the music from there sounds better when you're there. Like it's it's all good, but I'm saying like I don't listen to like Dixieland music when I listen to jazz. But when I'm in New Orleans and I hear that, nah, 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 I'm like, yes, I'm here. And <laughs> that you know is, what I mean? Hey, that is true. Though. Or like you go to the club and it's a bounce DJ or they're playing some bounce. That's, that's fine. But if you've been to New Orleans and you've been in the club there, it ain't shit. <laughs> you go, nah, it <laughs> it's is. crazy over there, man. It is so fun. It is true. It's like and and to hear the music that escape mm-hmm. out of there, you be like, yep. Okay, we was under the wrong impression. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> man. Just escaped out of New Orleans, and then you go to New Orleans, and you're like, oh, okay, I understand why New Orleans really is hard to break music in New Orleans because they really, the ones that got out of there and that, that was able to take the New Orleans sound and make the world feel the pieces of it, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Such as the juveniles, such as the, you know, people, even Martin Day. HD, Fox, Boosie, you know, those people that make you feel New Orleans from the outside, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you go into it, it's like Houston. Yep. New Orleans and Houston is like the same, bro, because Houston sound is there. And then when you go here, you get the experience. Oh, see, <clears throat> and when I say that, it's like New York, right? What do you got for as a cultural white? Right away, right? I understand, you know, the way that everybody, it's a cultural thing wherever you go. First of all, let me say that. Mm-hmm. Wherever you go, people got the way that they do things and they culturally do things, right? But it's like the standout in certain places like a New Orleans and a Houston is because, I, you know, the way the culture is like from our cars, you know, the double cups, the screw music. You know what I'm saying? The things like that that makes it a real live, you know, um, uh, 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 
I won't say make a real life culture to make somebody else's culture feel like it's not real life, but to make it cultural like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the feel, and then you get that feel in the music, right? When you listening to the music, when you listen to a Slim Thug or Pow Wow, and then when you get there, right? Opposed to when you listen to somebody else, and they make and give you that, that you don't really know where they from, mm-hmm. but you know, okay, they may be from Memphis, right? But they don't really give you Memphis. They only the only way they give you Memphis is because of maybe how they talk and because of their beats. That's mm-hmm. the only reason why you know it's Memphis, though. I love Memphis, and I love. <laughs> but see, this is the thing. You know, we we Memphis came up. H-Town, we like. We came up seeing these regional pockets and stuff. But to bring it full circle, the internet, the blogs, the internet radio, the being able to message each other quickly, sort of thing. That's man. That that blew all these places up. Man, it's incredible. Quick, man. And I think uh, that was with, with damage control. That was our biggest strength. I mean, I guarantee you we had more listeners outside of Houston than we did just oh, in man. Houston. Oh, man, that's what I was saying. That's why I say people don't really understand, like, the, the, the what you played in this, you know, because, like, that was really, you know, um, the major factor. Like, we – I remember just, you know, just like getting, you know, just, like, hearing people, y'all shouting people out. And I think – one time, y'all used to. I, I, I want to say I heard y'all read some from some fan mail or something back in the day before we had these mm-hmm. phones. Yeah, before we had these phones, that you know what I'm saying. So we would have our AOL Instant Messenger open, right? So I see so Screwshop.com, Chameleonair.com. Right, so I'm not tripping. All so, those, yeah, yeah. So I'm not tripping. So yeah, now nah, it was a big part of just like. <clears throat> getting outside I met you was like one of the first people like I know like was going overseas and telling us coming back telling us like hey man like they really like southern music mm-hmm. not that they like hip-hop but they like southern music though it grew it grew like crazy yeah. it's incredible to see man yeah man, For real man. I love it what you got going on right now man what do you got I know you you got yeah. the right now it's, you know it's the chop stars man it's yeah. not even OG Ron seat because yep. <clears throat> I'm 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 done with the OG Ron C building. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm 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 done with the OG Ron C part. Um, I'm about to be 50 this year. A couple months, uh, three months. God say the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm done. I don't have nothing else to prove in that that lane with being a DJ man. Listen, I got my I got two days in the city. I got my own D. I got my own day, and then I got a day for my group. It's like I've done things that. A DJ, I didn't even think that a DJ could do. Mm-hmm. I walk in my house, I got so many awards, recognitions, and plaques and stuff. This this is from a shy kid that just didn't even want to be in the front. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the reason why I chose to be a DJ, because I was like, oh, that's the dude in the back. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to be entertained, you know what I'm saying? But I was like, oh, I get to, I get to be in the back and get, you know? Be popular too. I was more of a Eric, you know, uh, Eric B, Rodney O type of dude. You know what I'm yep. saying? That's what I'm thinking of. You know, those were my favorite DJs. You know what I'm saying? And, and Jazzy Jeff. So <clears throat> I was more thinking of that being in the back. So I'm done, man, with just you know pr- pushing and you know promoting OG Ron C. Mm-hmm. I've been retired in '19. I retired the OG part of me DJing clubs. Like, I don't DJ, I'm not touching the club. Man. They can't pay me enough to go to a club. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm not doing it. It's because of my nerves. Yeah, I hear that. It's just because of my nerves, man. Like, 
I, it was cool to be in there with my colleagues, you know what I'm saying, and the people that I know, you know what I'm saying. But these young people now, I don't know these young people, you know what I'm saying. So I'm, you know what I'm saying. So I, I'm outnumbered now, you know what I'm saying. Even if I wasn't outnumbered and I was on this side of the club, at least I knew somebody on the other side of the club that was now. If it's just me and Holly, my crew, not it's just me and my crew, right? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. So I don't even go to pack clubs right now. You ain't going to see I, me on 6th Street. Shit. Yeah, I don't even DJ. <laughs> oh, man. I, you see me going through 6th Street. Yeah, I don't even know when the last time I walked down 6th Street. Yeah. That's been years. You got to go so, around. Um, but, yeah. I'm, I mean, you got you got the Sirius XM. Yeah, I'm, and, and, and I'm just them. doing everything now. Just, you know, like I said, continue to build my brand and continue to build up the group, the Chop Stars, and Chop Not Slop as a brand. Mm -hmm. uh, and just continue to, you know, take it to another level. Like, you know, just keep innovating and pushing slow down music, you know, and just keeping it, you know, uh, relevant. And just, you know, even like with the, you know, with the Chop Wallet and stuff that we do, you know what I'm saying? What's the Chop uh, Wallet? Uh, the Chop Wallet is... <clears throat> It's it's you know it's it's the chop wallet is it's a new version of the chop not slop app. Okay. So everything is finna go to. Remember, I said this. Yeah, I've heard this game now. Mm -hmm. Just like when everything went to went from uh, applications, everything went to applications, mm -hmm. and they went to a smaller part of. Well, no, let me say, everything's was programs. Remember. Mm -hmm. Then it went to applications, you know what I'm saying, which is apps. Next thing is going to is wallets. Everything is going to be a wallet. Mm -hmm. because, the digital assets. Right. That's right, because everything is going to be a digital asset now. Everything is going to be a digital asset. So, I'm going to keep buying records. Right. It, it, I mean, no, <laughs> but that's but those are always going to be those tangible things, too, that's yeah. going to be always, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. everything is going to become – because. Little do we know right now, everything is a digital. You don't even, it's a digital asset right now. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to carry your your your, your credit card no more. Yep. You don't, and so your money is a digital asset as it is right Except now. Except at H E B. Come on, H E B. Yeah, and uh, Walmart too. <laughs> H E B and Walmart, bro. I'm gonna need y'all yeah. to get on board for real. You know, like, gee, like you can't even like, come on. So everything is already going there, right? And mm -hmm. gaming. Yep. Gaming has been an NFT, a non-fungible token for years. We never, you know, so we never, but that word mm -hmm. is scaring the world right now. That word, those three letters is scaring the world. NFT, non-fungible token, is scaring the world. We've been having non-fungible tokens, bro. When you playing games, that's a non-fungible token. When you get, <laughs> you buying skins, those tokens that you, as a you know, so it's like, We've been we've been having digital collectibles, so mm -hmm. now, and we've been having digital assets. So now the music is going to digital assets now and digital collectibles as well. And everybody's saying, "Oh, screenshot this, screenshot." All right, cool. It's just like you can go buy a bootleg Nike if you want to. Mm -hmm. You ain't got to go to the Nike store. They sell they sell that at the corner store. They sell Nike shoes corner store now. So if that's what you want to be a Nike shoe corner store wear, cool. Be a Nike Stoke shoe corner store wear. You know what I'm saying? Go buy your Balenciaga from. You ain't got to buy the Balenciaga with the serial number, or you ain't got to buy the one with the serial number. No. And that's how I explain basically with because everybody like, oh, I can just right click you and have it. Cool. If you if you are a person that likes bootleg stuff, 
And I say, do actually. You know what it's, it's true. That's fine though. <laughs> but that's fine though, man. That's not a uh, problem though. I like some bootleg shit too. Uh-huh. We all like some stuff. That, that's not a problem though. But at the same time, we're still not saying because I like I don't. That's a whack chair. I mean, mm-hmm. I can fully uh, agree with that and un- accept that I am not in that world, man. Like, yeah, when right. I see this, the kids, when I turn on Twitch and I watch, like, Scratch Bastard or somebody, it's dope. But when I then I flip around and I'm like, this guy, Scratch Bastard has 700 people watching him, but this kid playing a game has 17,000. Just sitting Sending there them watching money. the game. I'm Sending him money. Bro, I come into the, I come into the, I can go around somebody else. I come into the, uh, 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 to the room. I, I come into the room. I, my youngsters, you know what I'm saying? I can come into the room and they can just be playing the game. And I'm like, what am I getting out of this right now? Yeah. I'm like, I'm just a person in the corner. You watching them play the game. But now here's the crazy part. Mm-hmm. That's the live stream. Nah, I got to get my youngster right now that's with me. He's 26. My graphic guy. I'm catching. <laughs> I come in the thing one day, and I'm saying, man, oh, that's live? You watching the, Oh, that dude, he doing that live? He's like, nah, this is a recording. Mm. You watching a recording of a live game. <laughs> like, hey, man, a, that's somebody world, playing man. the game. And, bro, the games is this. Now, I get it. You might want to watch me go back and kill some live, you know what I'm saying, some Call of Duty. Yeah, I got it. But this little, I don't know what the hell this game is that these streamers are playing. But it is some bullshit, y'all. <laughs> That's some bullshit, man. It had some game we'll do with his hands and the thing going out, pushing the buttons, bro. It was just hitting the lights, hitting the green light, red light, <laughs> green light, yellow light, green light, yellow light. I'm like, y'all watching this? I'm like, what is y'all doing? Mm. I'm like, they watching this man walking around, just, he just picking up a something. I'm like, this, and they just talking to each other and the thing going down. I'm like, what is going on here? So, listen, I'm, I'm 50. Yeah. I'm not even trying to figure it out though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not That's trying to figure it yeah, out. Go ahead, do it. I got it. Because yeah. when mama, because when we was doing rap and we was beatboxing, guess what mom and daddy then was saying? Mm-hmm. Man, what the hell is this? What the <laughs> hell is y'all doing? Yep. What the hell is all that noise you're making with your mouth? Man, put some Al Green on some Reaper You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I get it. And now I'm here. That's how I feel. I just, that's all I can think is my mom and them talking about Al Green and this even. Well, what public enemy? Who? Man, y'all get this crap off my. So I get it. So now I'm trying not to be yeah. that old person now. Yeah. And and that's the reason why people are like, well, OG Ron, see, you still around, you still around. That's why. That's my, 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 the method to my madness is because that's how I end up meeting young a person like a young Dems. You know, saying these people, you know, the, yep. the the new artists is because I'm tuned in, bro, and I'm not, and I'm tuned in all the way. I'm not tuned in just a partial because I got to be here. Now I'm tuned in because I want to know. I want to be the the first one to play a young Dems record or to play a new. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 you know, no, I saying? would not be in it if the world wasn't open. To to the to be able to hear the sounds from everywhere because there's no way I right. I could have survived the last ten years on just you see American the type of rap. stuff that we chop and screw you know what yeah. I'm saying we chop and screw stuff I don't even I, I'm just being honest with you I I'm not the best at pronouncing stuff yeah stuff I don't even know the language I'm yeah. done French stuff mm-hmm. I done done um all kind of stuff so yeah. 
Like I, I mean, like I can't even pronounce. Feel the like names. you did TTC back in the day, the French group. Yeah, uh, from uh, uh they, they named song. They song was called. Uh, it started with an M or something. You're right. Yeah, I saw it on my. Uh, they put it up on Spotify. Mm-hmm. They put it up on Spotify probably about three years ago. Cause I was like, what is this? I was looking down it and I That's was dope. going down my yeah yeah they put it back up yeah yeah I've done a lot of stuff bro it's like you know so I I like being on the forefront and that's what we're gonna keep continue to doing you know just speaking of what we going you know that's what we do you know our app now has a million users you know hopefully we finna get this chop wallet to you know we getting people to convert over <clears throat> from the chop wallet we just started this, this we just launched South by Southwest you got the soft lunch of the chop wallet. Okay. So if you're listening, you know, you can go to the Chop Wallet. It's more interactive with, you know, and if you know anything about, and if people out there know about Web3, you know, Web3 is more ownership. It's more control, you know. You know, Web1 was read, Web2 was write. You know, Web3 is more owning. So mm-hmm. with, you know, and we're just giving people more, you know, we're bringing back, giving you with these NFTs more tangible CDs, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying more things that you can actually get with the ownership of it. So, oh. and you know, that's just what's next with, with with just the brand. And like I said, I'm with the OG Ron C stuff. That's it's it's all shifting just to the the whole the brand as a whole. Chop stars and chop not lie, because Ronald Coleman doing the movies now. Man, in case y'all don't know about the movies, I got about five of them out right now. So. Really, yeah, Tubi, yeah, yeah Tubi. Yeah. I got platinum. I'm starring in that one. Uh, got another. I'm in Dirty Third Three too. Okay. Uh, I mean, um, there's another. There's another movie that just came out two weeks ago. It's called Ten Reasons Why. And then uh, I got another movie coming out at Christmas called uh, Everybody Hates Christmas. <laughs> and then uh, I got one that I'm. I'm actually the the main role. I'm a, the star. Uh, it come out probably this time next year. They trying to push it up this year, but they saying it's such a big movie that they. I just started learning about the Tubi money. Oh yeah, yeah, no, nah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I didn't even yeah. know. That Tubi money, man. I'm finna young, so that's money. why I'm transitioning to man. Because I was just like, what's next? You know, what I'm saying like you feel. I always vowed I didn't want to be the forty year old DJ in the club, mm-hmm. so that's why I stopped DJing clubs. So because we used to always talk about them. <laughs> we thought we'd be talking about oh, that motherfucker trying to DJ. So I never wanted to be that guy. So I'm just like, what's next? So what's next in life? You know, I'm I'm not touching 50 years old. Well, I'm I don't, not, I don't, I don't even want DJ associated with me. I don't know if I want to. I'm gonna say it because I haven't told too many people this, but uh, I might be. I'm in the same boat as you, same era. And I'm thinking my kid just graduated. I think I'm moving back to Houston. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh shit. yes. Oh, snap. I was there for the rodeo and for the Robert Glasper in the park and all that, and I was just feeling the energy and seeing all my people out and just, like, it makes sense. Well, you know, you know I own a, um, a facility out there. Hmm? Uh, you know I own a, a, a broadcast facility. Oh. So uh, it's called A Better okay. Broadcasting Media. Dope. So we have a – well, I'm partners. Not to, let me say that I own it. I'm a partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have um, – we have four – Four radio stations, uh, yeah, four radio stations. Now, but I built a, a, a actual facility because I was just kind of like probably about six years ago because I was, you know, a lot of my friends was, you know, 
they didn't have places to do, you know, they shows. Mm-hmm. So I wanted my friends to have that actual radio feel, radio station feel. Mm-hmm. And so I built a facility in the old, um, remember where the house party used to be, 104? Mm-hmm. That building? Yeah. I built that facility in that building, Dang. first floor right there. I'm going to come by there. I yeah, need to see it. Definitely, man. Shout out to 92 Kells, A Better, you know, school. That's what, you know, and A Better Gospel. So. Dope. That's oh. what we're doing, man. So yeah, man, we it's a lot, man, Mac. Trust me, man, we can be here all, you know, yeah, because I got, you know, I got a lot going on, man. So you know, week. you know, what I'm saying, y'all just keep up with us, man. You know, like like, like hey, he said, Chop, Chop week. week. You know, what I'm saying, we got Chop Week. It starts uh, June 27th through July the first. Okay. So uh, you know, last year we did some, um, we broke some, we made history last year with the opera. We did. Uh, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, dope. Yeah, we did um, first DJ to do something with a with a live orchestra, and on top of that, we did it all chopped and screwed, and it was live. Dope. So it was all chopped and screwed. You know, um, it was real chopping the band. You know, we had to practice this for six months because they was they actually wrote the sheet of music to my chops. So I had to go in back and remember every place that I chopped it it live. Mm. Every scratch, cause they wrote the the sheet music, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Cause I gave them a mix. Man, is it out there? Can we see it? Uh, is there a video? Well, it's pieces, you know, but they never put together. A whole, they they still, you know, putting mm. together because it was Crown Raw. But man, I had did the. I gave them a mix, a lot, and I didn't remember, and I had just re- deleted the mix. Oof. Hmm. So I had to go and learn. They wrote the mic, the music to every chop and every scratch. <clears throat> That's crazy. And I was like, oh, my God. They wrote it even as I mixed it and blended. it. Like they had the orchestra. Stop one part of the orchestra, play this piece of the music, and then the other part of the orchestra play the beat. It was crazy. Man. Man, we had to practice that for six months. And I, I, I was just like, at one point, I, that, was, that was only – I hadn't been to, I hadn't done, gotten myself into a situation where I wasn't for sure mm-hmm. if I could <laughs> go through with it. That was a challenge because I was I like, bet. what have you got yourself into, bro? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, that's big, man. So, we going, you know, that's, you know, that's, that, man, we got a lot of things going, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We have a lot of, you know, a lot of things going, man. Like I said, Chop Week is going to be real big. We're doing some, you know, um, just, Giving uh, advice, we're doing some some financial literacy for artists. Uh, I got some good sponsors. I'm trying to bring in to do some financial literacy to mm-hmm. give because most of the time we don't know what to do with this money. That's I true. hear that. So. Well, I'll be there. I'll come down this year. Oh yeah, for I'm sure. Who knows where I'll be at that point? But I'm working on yeah, it. You got to let me know, man. We got to do something big, man. We got to do something, man. I'm with it. I'm with it. Sure. We still got to get you overseas, man. Oh yeah, man. We used to try to put together that overseas one time, man. I remember that. Yeah, we need man. To make it happen. Yeah, man. Uh, shoot, man. I, I think I'm more, I'm more I'm more willing to go now with the chop stars. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But, you know. I mean, that's a tour. Oh yeah, yeah. We can chop stars tour. Now for real. Now, but you know what? We I think we actually are ready for that. Seeing that we didn't done Coachella, we didn't done we didn't done man. We didn't done rolling out loud. We didn't we didn't done it all. You know. What I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, done just about it also and we steady doing you know big projects that's you know this metro booming project if y'all don't got the villain edition of metro booming heroes and villains mm-hmm. hey man that project is going 
I think we might get our first uh two things. I think we might get our first platinum. I think the world might get its first platinum um chapter screw record if now twenty one Savage and Metro, we did do that. Savage mode two, mm-hmm. right? We did do that. Um now they did say it went platinum, but we ain't got it verified yet. So mm-hmm. we waiting on that any minute now. But them two is gonna be the first two records that go platinum. So that's gonna be a huge win for slow down music and DJ Screw Legacy right there. You know what I'm saying? So that's gonna be yep. a huge win for that. And 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 and, and we hopefully this year we get on that ballot for the Grammys. Man. If we get these remixes on the ballot, then we, you know, hopefully that's gonna be that's gonna be big too. We was up for voting last year, but they didn't really make the battle. So. Well, I appreciate y'all keeping this culture moving forward. Oh, man, we, always. Man, man, we appreciate people like you, man. That, you know, letting the world know that we still, you know, it's still going, man. Man, we try, we try. Yeah, sure. Man, I appreciate y'all coming by here, man. It's South by Southwest. I think we need to hit the streets. Word up, man. Shout out to the whole crew, man. DJ Candlestick, everybody back over at the crib, man. Everybody chilling right now. Daxter's Scribs, Legend, everybody. Thomas, man. Everybody. Steve. T-Rex, who I'm forgetting, Holly Grove, Holly Grove, who else, Illadell, who else I'm forgetting, man, everybody, man, because my crew, my team is important, so I got to make sure I, I shout my team out and shout out, you know, my graphic people, all my security people, everybody, man, so Dope. appreciate you, Matt, man, thank DJ you, too. thank you, and you too, DJ Holly Grove is in the house, we're going to have to sit down with you soon. And, and I want to say I appreciate you because you don't know this, but you booked Mr. Wired Up and Lil O was showing like oh eight and it was my first South by experience. I really? was there I was their show DJ. So I really appreciate you that. And it's like I didn't go in oh nine, but then I started working with OG in oh nine, the mm-hmm. end of oh nine. So twenty ten on out, I've been here. Man, there's so many things that when people say it brings back memories because I don't I'm like, yeah, I do remember Mr. Wired Up. That's crazy. Yeah, it was somewhere on six album it was a crazy venue and I think I think Waka was there too. Mm. Yep, Waka was there. Damn. <laughs> yeah, it's a blur. <laughs> a lot of that, man, for sure. But I appreciate y'all, man. We'll definitely sit down anytime. You got some time. Come holler, man. Thank you once again, man. Anytime for you, man. You already know. Thank you. And thank you, everyone out there, for tuning in to another edition of Talk So Real with Matt Sanzala. It is on all the platforms. Please tell a friend to tell a friend.